I'm Viv, the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees, and I thought I'd start a new series of Instagram Lives tonight. I haven't done any for a while, it's probably been about five months or so since I've done any, so I thought I'd start a new series, and I thought I'd look into an area that I've always been interested in, particularly for the last year or so, um, facial aesthetic treatments involving ultrasound. So I'm lucky to be able to speak to um, an aesthetics doctor this evening uh, called Dr. Cara, and she'll hopefully uh, join me soon. Um, we'll be talking about her work and about the um, use of ultrasound that she started doing uh, following training recently. So I will just see how uh, how she's doing. Hiya, um, Clarius UK Bell. That's uh, Rachel and Ben. Thanks for joining us. Um, hiya, Cara. I can see you've joined there. So. Hi, you can only see half my head. So sorry. Ah, that's better. Yes, good. Nice, nice to see the upper half of your head there. <laughs> I know, right? Sorry about that. That's fine. How are you? Oh, no problem. How are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, good. Yeah, this is my first uh, joint live. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. I'm really excited. It's nice to talk to you. Oh, it's nice to it's nice to see you. We've never met before, but um, it's uh, it was just um, by accident I actually came across you because I've been interested in ultrasound in the in my aesthetics work for probably the last year or so, and it's um, it's the training in particular that I was most interested in to find out what would be involved, and your stories popped up um, via. Um, it was probably Leonie, Leonie Schelke, um, yeah. who, Dr. Leonie Schelke, who's based in Amsterdam. And I think um, she works for her own group of, a group of doctors um, called Cutaneous in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And I think you were very lucky to be able to carry out training recently um, with, uh, with, with, a, with Cutaneous, I think. And um, it was based, was it in London, down south yes. a few months back? Yeah, so basically it was at uh, the BMA house. Um, yeah. And I don't, it's, it, it kind of all fell into place, really. I think when I found out about the course, it was um, because I was actually looking to purchase the Clarius um, yeah. ultrasound machine. And then, yeah, and then I just come across uh, the, the course. And to be fair, um, you know it's not when you buy the machine you kind of think just oh it'll be all right <laughs> I'll be okay and then you yeah. realize that what well, was one of the comments of the course is it's 50 shades of gray because yeah. it literally is and it is quite hard skill to to master so yeah. I would strongly suggest that you go on this course and yeah. you know it's a two-day course it can be quite um for some people that might be too much for them but I, yeah. you need to build on your skills and you need to yeah. um, have them two days definitely no problem we'll talk more about the actual training and about the the uh, ultrasound use in a bit um but i've i've never met you and i've 
if others watching haven't really heard of your background, we'll go through that first, if that's all right. Um, so I'm Viv, I, I work at Skin Farm, which is my clinic, and I'm based up in Stockton-on-Tees, up in the northeast of England. Um, so Cara, you've got your own company called Dr. Cara Aesthetics, is that right? Yeah, so my, my clinic is actually called Dr. Cara Cosmetic Clinic, a bit of a mouthful, um, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but that's the clinic's name. It's based in Norwich uh, in the UK. There is only one clinic. Um, we are in the middle of nowhere. You definitely want to be coming to Norwich. Um, but I do love it. I've been living in Norwich now for how many years now? A good 11, 12 years. Um, so right. I now call it my home. I think they've adopted me. Um, but yeah, it, I did all my post training. Sorry, what were you just saying? No, it's, it's, I've only been to Norwich once on the Norfolk Broads, and it was a nice place to visit. Um, it was probably about 10, 15 years back now, but nice part of the country anyway, I think. It's nice to uh, to visit areas like that. So exactly. you do the aesthetics work, but you've got more than one job, haven't you? You do other work as well. Yeah, so I um, I like to keep myself busy. <laughs> but no, look, I um, split my time between being a GP and um, running my aesthetic clinic. So I work three days a week as a mm -hmm. um, GP. Um, love it to bits. I've been doing that now for just, what, over five years now, as long yeah. as I've been doing um, aesthetics. So yeah. it's, and yeah, they're both, they're both my passions. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's good, good fun. So, so how, how did you start in aesthetics? You, you began working as a doctor, qualified as a, as a GP. Um, how did the work into aesthetics start off? How did that begin? Again, I don't know. <laughs> I, I say I don't really know. Um, you know. I suppose when in my last year, so if I explain how I came across um, training, in my last year, I was, I don't know, I, it was in my last year of GP um, uh, job and I decided that what I'd do was go on a um, Botox and fillers course which was where most people start now I'd always been quite interested in um, that type of um, practice and my I think my family background as well my mum used to be a beautician and my sister used yeah. to be a hairdresser so I've always kind of been quite conscious of that and I was coming towards, you know, the age when you start to notice ageing. So a little <laughs> bit of a vested, vested interest into it. Um, and yeah, and then that's when the, the passion really started because yeah. it mixes a, it's got a great mix. You've got science behind it and then you've got an artistic flair. And yeah. I've always been very artistic, but it just kind of, it just transferable skills. So it was yeah. perfect. So yeah. So, so you've been you've been doing aesthetics for a few years now, have you, Cara, with your GP work as well? Um, what would you say you enjoy most about it, and what maybe are, are the things that aren't quite so good about doing the aesthetics work? So, I suppose the things that I enjoy the most about is one again, like I said to you, and it's it's very there is a science behind it, but there is also the artistic part of it, and. Do you know what's really nice and the common themes that run between GP and aesthetics is the happy, smiley, confident faces. You know, yeah. if you are helping someone, you know, it's a part of my doctor trait, my um, is just trying to, you know, help people. And I think that's the, the common mis 
misconstrued of what aesthetics is is that a lot of people think it's just for vanity and don't get me wrong you know a part of it is to look better but it's also yeah. about your self-image and self-confidence so I get a lot of um, fulfillment out of doing yeah. that now, I suppose yeah. you said you asked about say some of the downsides did you say yeah yeah you know I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna be very honest <laughs> you can get some because you're working in your it's private practice and yeah. um aesthetics uh, can be it's very subjective and you get the very odd person that might not necessarily they say agree with you so you're having to deal yeah. with a different side of things but then that comes down to really your initial consultation I don't treat anyone um same day I make everyone um have initial consultation so we can get to know each other so we can both yeah. be on the same um, or singing from the same hymn sheet so yeah. I suppose that's the only thing yeah no it's uh it's good it's good that you're open about it you, you i suppose it's better when you're honest with people as well people that you speak to um patients um in terms of your work you'll have probably come across lots of different practitioners probably more online than face to face but how how well do you get on with other practitioners i, I can say for myself that we've gotten well even though we've only known each other for a short time so i think i think um, you i think people must enjoy being able to speak to you and do you, do you get on well with other practitioners yeah because do you know what i always i've always thought this way where it's very hard to put yourself out there and i think it's also quite hard when you're starting your own business especially in aesthetics aesthetics can be um quite a lonely world because yeah. most people most people start off being a single practitioner like like myself and then you will learn quite quickly that you need to build a good support network to make sure that you know if anything you just need that little bit of reassurance or you just need a little bit of guidance to bounce things off. It's exactly what happens when I'm in my GP job. We often just nip into just have a chat to each other, even if just because we just want to have a chat to each other and have a little giggle. Yeah. And that's fine. But so I've really enjoyed building networks, especially on um, platforms like Instagram, anywhere really. Yeah. But yes, yeah, yeah. so it's been really good fun. Plus, I get to meet people like yourself. Nice. Yeah, well, it's been it's been nice to work uh, to meet you. It was um, it was really, as I say, because of your um, ultrasound training. That's how I came across your account in the first place. Um, there's probably other practitioners watching. There's members of the public watching this Instagram live. If there's doctors watching it, thinking about ultrasound, perhaps not even realizing ultrasound can be used in facial aesthetic work. Perhaps they're considering starting off in aesthetics themselves. Based on your own experience, what advice would you give any doctor considering the work in aesthetics? Okay, so that's a, that's it's huge that question. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, I think to break it down simply, you don't just go into, or you shouldn't just go into aesthetics thinking that it's going to be, um, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy job, but it's, it is really tough. Um, but more of that, your passion will carry you. And what I mean by tough is that, you know, it, like I keep saying, you know, aesthetics is both a science and art. You must make sure you have to understand it's a skill to perfect. You know, coming from when I first started over five years ago come to now, of course, experience makes you a better practitioner. So you've just yes. got to keep going and going and going. But also being honest with your 
um, people that you're treating to making sure that they know that you maybe you are fully, you're just fresh out of your course or whatever. But another thing to say as well, as it comes down to professional responsibility, a lot of my um, skills that I've done and, and honed from other aesthetic courses have already been taught to me when I was doing my medical training. I'm not saying that, of course, we weren't doing anything aesthetics when I was doing medicine, but a lot of transferable yeah. skills there. So I felt quite confident yeah. in doing some of the procedures. But don't get me wrong, I, I know you asked me some other questions or, or showed me some questions you had asked me about saying, um, you know, when you first start doing a course, if you just do a standalone course, so your foundation yeah. course, what I was taught, I think is a little bit like ignorance is bliss. Um, yeah. Because yeah. when you start it, you're like, oh, everything's fine. And, and I'm sure this is, this is how they've taught me. And you just kind of not, it's, in essence, it's a bit like paint by numbers, but there's so much yeah. more to it. And you get a bit of sensory yeah. overload, like all information overload, because it's so much to take yeah. in. <laughs> but I would strongly, strongly suggest to people just to say, look, if you go in these foundation courses, yes, trying to put into practice what you've learned but realize that it's a foundation course. So you just have yeah. to keep going on, building on them skills, but going yeah. to say a reputable company, yeah. or there's loads out there um, yeah. to choose from, but yeah, it's definitely going to reputable courses. <laughs> yeah. I, I've trained myself with Derma Medical down in London yeah. with Zach Ali um, over a few years. I, I started at about, I started around about five to six years back. So I've done quite a lot of work there. I've trained with Julie Horn over in Norway with lip treatments. So I've got a good range of training that I've gone through myself. Um, have you got We're any similar. funny We're stories? Very similar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have have you got, you must have come across different funny funny areas of work that you've done, funny stories that you've come across. Is there any funny stories that you've got that you could tell? Well, I've got to be careful. So um, <laughs> some of them are probably a little bit more tongue-in-cheek. Um, but I suppose um, the only thing, not, I suppose you can't say not really. I've got you, that's really awful. But you get the odd um, person saying clinics where they say that they're absolutely fine and then you'll be treating them and then and all of a sudden you look at them and they're white as a ghost and you just think <laughs> oh no this is here we go <laughs> and obviously you have to stop because obviously then it might be near faint but I suppose the only other thing to say to you is that sometimes you're so busy in your clinic and then you look down and you realize that you've been working with inside out trousers the whole day no one's <laughs> so probably the, the copious amounts of ppe that i've got on but yeah that was um not my phone's finest moment when i realized that but no one cares I still did my job i, I, I could tell you a, full, a few funny stories about the voidy on this occasion i might, I might go, go into it in a different time i think um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, but um, in terms of the treatments that you carry out, you, you carry out a full range of facial aesthetic treatments. Um, what sort of treatments do you actually do, Cara? Oh, so I'll, I'll just quickly, quickly list them. So yeah. a lot of them, obviously dermal filler, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then things like skin boosters, you know, the normal kind of injectable products, microneedling, yeah. chemical peels, obviously Botox. Um, and skincare. So another yeah. thing that I actually was able to focus on more for via the lockdown. The lockdown, yeah. in essence, look, it's been awful, but it helped me to slow down my pace of life and yeah. um, focus on my business, weirdly, and um, yeah. working from home and then 
life being less sociable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so skincare was integrated too. So it keeps yeah. me busy. And I realise you have to have more of a holistic approach to get that yeah. natural aesthetic outcome. So yeah. In terms of doing these different treatments and being a, a GP as well, I, I suppose patient health and wellness fit in quite well with your aesthetics work. Do you, do you manage to integrate that quite well in your regular day-to-day -day work? Oh, yes. So, look, I get... So only a couple of days ago, you get people that come to see you and you'll be... And they'll want to come see you because they'll say, oh, you know what, like, I want to have help with... Um, me looking just say fresher and helping with aging and then they'll slip into the conversation that they love the sun and you're like okay <laughs> it's a bit like swimming against the tide or they still smoke or yeah. they heavily drink and look I, I don't I'm not saying that I'm 100% perfect definitely don't smoke <laughs> um, but I would say to you that the sun is not your friend <laughs> if you want to age well and yeah. you know I'm never I'm never pushy like I'm here to advise but I suppose what I'd say is that people will end up doing what they want in essence yeah. but if you're here to guide them equally saying about this about health and, and well-being I also think it's quite important to mention that and um, you should be screening everyone I'm not trying to tell you I'm just saying that this is what I do screening everyone for body dysmorphia so that yeah. is something that I've integrated with my initial assessment, the medical yeah. forms. And we always go over, you know, whether there is any elements of that and try to obviously help and direct them if I do feel that that might be the case. So, yeah. you know, we have responsibility at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you'll see a wide range of different types of patients all, all the time, I guess. Is there any particular um, treatments that you enjoy doing on maybe particular types of patients? I suppose I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm saying I'm greedy with the face, but when I, I actually really like doing full face um, dermal filler treatments. And I suppose yeah. it's because you get that instant um you know look and satisfaction from them looking say fresher or getting that kind of anti-aging um effect it's just trying to convince um people that maybe you know if they've just found you say probably from the internet and they haven't found you from say referring from a friend it's kind of convincing them that you're not going to give them that overfilled filler face like which literally someone said to me today saying well, maybe we should start small just in case, you know, I don't want to overfill my face. And I thought, I would never do this. <laughs> <laughs> no. What What do your patients think about you, think about you and your work? Do they, do they say anything to you, do you during your normal day about what they feel about your work and what they think about you as a person? Yeah, look, I've been often um, described as... Um, Friendly, definitely friendly, um, definitely per, still professional, um, but yeah, definitely friendly, approachable, caring. Um, I am a little bit cheeky, but in a good way. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I'm always very open to us just having a chat. Like I was doing someone's microneedling today and we were talking about films that someone would, 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 would watch recently. So, you know, we just always have a good old catch up and share funny stories. Um, so yeah, definitely yeah. put you at ease. There's, I, keep, I keep forgetting I'm terrible at this. There's people sending messages at the bottom of the stream and I always ignore them by accident. Um, <laughs> I'm good, I well, can't at them, otherwise I get distracted. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I keep it on just so I can see, but I've got to say hello to um, 
MJ Smileworks, who you've trained with, I think, in London, yeah. she was really yeah. nice and put a few bits on a story earlier this afternoon. So just to say hi to her. Um, and also Belle, Belle um, who are the distributor for the Clarice equipment, they're on watching as well. Um, so hopefully they'll, they'll enjoy uh, listening to what we've got to say about the ultrasound. Um, so in just one final question. Um, what advice would you give to anyone who might be considering having treatment with you, uh, Cara? I suppose it would be, you know, I always tell people, I'm sure they've done their research when they've come to come to contact myself. OK, but uh, I always say to people, do your research, make sure that you like the practitioner's work, but also down to their um, professionalism so make sure that they are hopefully regulated so like with me I, I chose safe face but you know you can also have CPC the reason why I say this is that you then have a external regulated um, service to make sure your clinic is up to um, scratch and that you are safe um, yeah. but also their professional and uh, their qualifications you know be open and honest um, with yeah. people when they ask you look I've been getting a lot of questions lately when People come to see me and they say, you know, what do you use or what filler brands do you use? And you should be yeah. able to rattle them off um, and explain why and, yeah. and answer every single question. So just be warned if you come to see me that I will be thorough and I will make sure that I understand what your concerns are and talk to you at length about, you know, the benefits, but also the risks as well. So yeah. that we can basically make sure that that's the, the right decision for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned about fillers being probably one of your favourite treatments, doing full facial work using dermal fillers. Um, so because of that, patient safety must be a, a big concern for you. And that really leads us on to what we're going to be talking about. How, how important for you is the patient's safety ultimately at, at the end of the day? Well, you, I think being a doctor, you know, it's, it's rammed home. <laughs> That we have to make sure that, you know, everything we do is to benefit, to cause no harm. And, you know, going into when I first started in aesthetic, we were blind, in essence. We would say that this is the way that we would practice, which and what I mean by blind is, you know, we'd use um, a needle or we'd use a cannula and talking about dermal filler. And that we'd hope from our knowledge of anatomy and hope that, when we pull back that plunger, which is called aspiration, to think that, you know, that is safe and it's not in anything that we don't want it to be, like a blood vessel, that we're okay. And I just always used to feel um, apprehensive. That's the politest yeah. way to put it. Is I used yeah. to feel apprehensive. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm touch word, oh, um, it <laughs> hasn't happened <laughs> yet, causing a blood vessel um, uh, blockage. But you know it could and it will probably happen at some point yeah. i'm not saying i yeah. am perfect at all but i suppose that's the whole basis of where when i found yeah. out that you could use ultrasound yeah i was like well let's that's our vision we're no longer yeah. blind yeah yeah that's no it's 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 a good answer as i say safety is an important aspect of um patient care for everyone who carries out um, aesthetic work. If you're a healthcare practitioner, we've got certain obligations as professionals to make sure we do no harm to our patients. Um, so with patient safety being so important for you and for your patients, how did the whole idea of facial ultrasound come about for you, Cara? 
So it was, it's been a long time coming, really. I first found out about facial ultrasound probably about a year, maybe just over a year ago. And at yeah. the time, I was thinking to myself, oh, do I do it? I had a little bit of imposter syndrome. I was like, you know, what if it's like too hard a skill or, or, or is it really needed? All these types of um, questions because it was so new and there was so, so little about it. Of course, ultrasound's been a, around for yonks and yonks of years yeah. but in uh, facial aesthetics it has not been or yeah. not that I've been um, aware of so I did a little bit more research sat on it a little bit and then I just thought I just know I can be safer and yeah. I know that I can prevent complications I can treat complications more effectively I can do treatments under ultrasound guidance it just it just takes away the practitioner anxiety but also minimizes complications so really it was a absolute no-brainer and yes it you know it is a it's an investment and you know people will be wanting to choose um maybe having a new treatment in their um in their clinic but actually on the long and short of it dermal filler is one of the most staples of most aesthetic clinics so you need to make it as safe as possible yeah. You mentioned anxiety and complications, complications, anxiety. Do you think that's a problem when you first start working as a, as a new practitioner? Well, yes and no. I think that there's a lot of um, ignorance is bliss. So when you first start, I know that from certainly from my um, first course that I did, you know, the, one of the most common things that gets taught to you is um, filling these lines here. Yeah. And they're really risky <laughs> and they're always taught with needle um, and you shouldn't be taught with needle. It should really be done with cannula, but it's what's taught. And yeah, it, yeah and it's, and it's scary, but, but what you don't know necessarily can't worry you. And I suppose yeah. what happened is later when I was being more inquisitive, which I am, and I realized that there was complications happening and why were those complications happening? Um, and then that's, when all of that kind of started to think to myself actually I've got to be definitely careful about this and I've been say in essence lucky that I haven't yeah. done anything like that. I've, I've found in my own work I've been working for about five to six years full-time doing aesthetics work I found when I first started I wasn't particularly fast but I thought I would probably naturally get better and be quicker but if anything over the last five to six years what I've found is because of going through more education, more training, you actually learn to actually be more and more careful as you get further in your <laughs> progress with the work. You don't actually speed up. You actually no. slow down. Well, I do anyway. Um, but I find it difficult because when you first train in aesthetics, you don't have the same knowledge that really you should have a few years later. And I think... It's a difficult area um, for a new practitioner um, to consider because it, safety is important. And I just personally, I think ultrasound is a big area for all practitioners, new practitioners, not just experienced practitioners, but new ones in particular. But I'll go into more of that in a little bit with you and see what you think. Um, so you you have the idea of ultrasound and you found out about it over the last year or so. I 
Personally, um, I'm a member of CMAC, which is um, um, a complications collaborative with practitioners all around the world. And they had um, a live with Leonie Schelke last year. And I was watching the live with her and I was asking her some questions. And I was just amazed at what could be done using ultrasound. And that's really what set me off. I thought this could have massive implications for safer practice if I were to use it myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where my interest really began. Um, so once you looked into the whole area of ultrasound, um, how did you, what did you do? Did you undergo training and then choose a device? Or how did you go about what you were going to do once you decided that ultrasound was for you? I am, I'm going to say, a little bit obsessive when it comes to, I've got an idea um, and I always knew that I wanted facial ultrasound. I always knew it. Um, and I luckily got um, a contact uh, answer who's, um, I think he's involved with the academic, uh, uh, regenerative medicine. I know that. Um, the Academy of Regenerative Medicine, that's it. And I was booking onto the course and that's how the ultrasound course and he kindly enough um, offered me some just advice and guidance on the different um, ultrasound machines out there. And that's how I really come about with um, choosing Clarius. Um, yeah. And, you know, Clarius is uh, the, the image quality is brilliant. It's portable. It's um, lightweight. You get unlimited um, cloud storage, lots of things like that. And they give you lots of support. Yeah. Um, so I think there was lots of pros um, against um, me, me purchasing this. And actually, I purchased the um, device before going on the course, but it all kind of come at once. So I got the device and then about a couple of weeks later, I went on the course and I was just so thankful that I went on the course because, again, a bit of ignorance is bliss. I know that a lot of people, and I'm, I'm not trying to name names, but I know a lot of people that... Um, <laughs> have brought the ultrasound machine or any ultrasound machine yeah. and haven't got, um, you know, attended a course. And again, if you don't understand the ultrasound theory, then you won't understand that, you know, you might be putting too much pressure on the tissue. Yeah. This affects your measurements. You know, yeah. it's very, it's much more technical than just like a point and shoot and on off you go. Yeah. Um, so, and then also having that support network around you, like you did, only recently, I think with another practitioner, you know, discussing yeah. your images and having yeah. that kind of um, that feedback from from each other. And if you don't go on a course, then you're, you're very unlikely to then start to build them kind of um, yeah. network. Yeah, yeah. But I've got to keep looking down here. I'm sorry, uh, Cara. Just <laughs> see no what these messages are. We've got um, Dermifine Balsam, who's a, another pharmacist, a colleague of mine. She's asking, there are those who say invest in the device if your business is mostly dermal filler work. What are your thoughts um, regarding this? Yeah, like I, I suppose it, it, it is that. Like my most of my um, work is you know roles around dermal filler but I would say that well I would say most aesthetic clinics um one of their most popular treatments is dermal filler um but I can't speak for everyone but yeah, yeah. the whole point of of getting the ultrasound is making sure that you know you, you're aware of someone's anatomy um you know particularly in the lips particularly say if someone's um, an older patient 
and they have more mature lips, they've got less tissue, you're more likely to cause um, a blood vessel um, blockage then. Quick scan, work out where that blood vessel is. If it's behind the muscles, you're laughing, you know, you're, yeah. you're absolutely fine, you're not going to cause um, a complication, but you might then change the way that you um, treat the, those lips with maybe a cannula if you wanted to. You know, there's pros yeah. and cons to, you know, cannula. You don't have to treat or I'm not completely sold to saying that everything has to be cannula. You know, some yeah. things are better with a, a needle, but it just yeah. helps you practice safely. How, how did you actually find the training with other practitioners around you? Were you learning from each other? Was it interesting speaking to everyone else that you were training with? Yeah, like... I think, like, I, when I said to you when the, the two-day course um, was really beneficial, that, you know, the first day you, you go away and you just think to yourself, am I ever going to be good at this? <laughs> is, is this ever going to happen? Um, like, because it, it's a really hard skill to, to get um, uh, to hone because your natural instinct when you're struggling to ultrasound an image is to push down more, yeah. which is what we do. We're like, we just want to see it. So we want to push down more. And actually, it's counterintuitive. You actually have to put more gel, um, ultrasound gel on and, and press lighter. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a definite skill to hone. And, you know, and it's, and it's again, it's information overload. And in a good way, but you have, yeah. to, you have to kind of calm yourself down and think, okay, it's going to be a lot of information. I might not be able to process it straight away. I'm going to go away, yeah. review it, and then just keep, keep building on it. So the second day, fantastic. And you've got to, um, you know, obviously you're, you're talking to other colleagues. You know that they're probably contemplating getting an ultrasound machine or they already have. So again, you're building your, your network again. Yeah. And just watching other people hone their skills and learning from them too. So it's really, really With you. Yeah, with you actually doing the training and learning these skills to use the ultrasound device more carefully and more effectively with your own patients, do you think that bears some, it has a bearing on perhaps training in future for practitioners, you know, who undergo dermal filler training at different schools of aesthetics? Do you think there may well be some bearing of the use of ultrasound in training, basically? The, I think the crux of the matter is, is that if I had, if I lined up a hundred people and I scanned a hundred people, you know, we would then think that your blood vessels majority of the time would lie within like certain percentages, yeah. but you're going to get anomalies everywhere. So for instance, um, MJ was talking about who was on the course um, who was teaching um, was talking about in the nose, I think it's something silly like one in 160 or one in 200 people have a blood vessel that actually runs down um, the, the center of your, of your nose. Now, yeah. when you're t t like taught to do um, non-surgical rhinoplasty, which is basically nose filler, you're taught to, yes, you go, go, go deep and you, again, you hope and pray like without ultrasound and, and you aspirate and because the blood vessels are tiny, you have to aspirate a little bit longer and they think that that's safe, but you just don't know. And if, for instance, you then, um, you know, place a, a large amount of filler on that blood vessel, it can cause spasm of the blood vessel, even if it's not within it. And then that yeah. can cause problems with circulation. So again, it's down to, um, having 
a proper assessment of that patient. So it's definitely part of what I think um, dermal filler training courses should be integrating. Will yeah. a lot of practitioners take it up? I'm, I'm not sure because, you know, there's the other adage of thinking, you know, some people might think, well, we've been all right. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> fine. Like, you know, I'm sure it'll be okay. And, you know, I suppose it's, it's these, the people that are conscientious, like us, you and me, um, that are thinking about these things and thinking, no, like, you, don't, you, don't, you want to know for certain. Yeah. You want to know for yeah. certain that you're being 100% safe. And, you know, if, you're, if the person was sitting in front of you that had that blood vessel down the, the centre of their nose and then you, you said, actually, you've got this, you should never have had this or, or we don't think yeah. we should do this for you, I think they would be thankful. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, you want to keep your face intact. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes. I think I think your patients will be happy with you saying that. I'm sure, <laughs> and so will mine. Um, so, you, so you carried out the training. Was that earlier? That was was it in December or was it early last year? So, yeah, December. Yeah. Um, so once you completed the train, you'd already had your Clarius device. I've got mine here actually. So that's the Clarius l20 hd from from bell a really great couple um rachel and ben and they went through um the initial setup of the equipment with me um so once you actually completed your training how did you find actually using the ultrasound in your own work how, how did you progress from not using it at all to using it a little bit so i've always thought you know is there every anything in life you get better the more that you practice and my well i practice mostly on myself my husband luckily enjoys me ultrasounding his face <laughs> <laughs> so um he was always like oh you know can you watch some of it what's that like and he's non-medical so right. he you know he finds it fascinating and also it's quite nice to talk to him um about you know ultrasound and checking his understanding of it so they make sure that I'm explaining it um, correctly as well to him or he understands yeah. what I'm saying to him. Um, so I've definitely been doing a lot of practice there. But then saying this, um, I think I even started doing it even certainly even before my course, just to yeah. kind of get a feel of it. I did have some training before attending the course. Um, I know I scanned one um, person's lips before doing lip filler treatment. But then as soon as I come off that course, I just realised that you really just need to scan pretty much everyone that you're yeah. going to be doing dermal filler to um, just so you kind of get that uh, practice. But also just, you know, it, it's helpful. It helps yeah. you to know that, you know, if there is any kind of anomalies there or their anatomy or just you just know you don't want to hit that, that blood vessel there, then it's perfectly there for you. So, so really, you, you, you've been doing more mapping of the faces, patients' faces, before doing the work, the work itself, I'm guessing. So, well, in terms of, like, for me, I, I'm quite cautious of, of the nose, in particular, non-surgical non rhinoplasty. And I think I will be certainly using the ultrasound a lot more in terms of mapping faces before I get to work with dermal fillers in particular. Um, so, in terms of the progress, are you... Do you think it's it's time consuming using the device, or is there any disadvantages com compared to the advantages? Would you say of the device using the device in your work? I suppose it is. You know, you have to factor in. You know, it's going to take a tiny bit more time, and I wouldn't say it's a lot of time. Um, it probably takes you less than five minutes to yeah. 
and I mean less than five minutes to really scan um, someone's face. And yeah. if you're struggling, it's probably just because you haven't got enough gel on someone's face, which MJ definitely told me on the call. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it does only take five minutes. So, but the other adage of, of that is to say to you that, yes, it might take you five minutes to scan someone's face, but actually then by the time that you then vascularly map them, so blood vessel map them, you're then confident. So then you can go, actually, your procedure might be t actually slightly quicker because yeah. then you know actually where you want to be avoiding. Yeah. So in essence, you might save yourself some time. I know yeah. it saved me time doing people's lips because I know yeah. that I can be like, okay, I know this is safe and off I go. Yeah, I, th I think it's, it's really down to improving practice, trying to get as much practice as possible and gradually becoming accustomed to the things you weren't sure of when you first started scanning, I suppose. It's, it's down to practice, ultimately. Yeah. Um, there's, one, there's one question from Balsam again. I suspect that this device will be part of the clinic checklist in the future, similar to an emergency check kit, I suppose. In future, I don't know whether things will change in terms of insurance, whether insurance at some point in the future might say those that use ultrasound, will their premiums be lower than those who don't use it? I don't know. <laughs> it's like maybe... the drivers. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's similar, I suppose. If, we, if we're taking more care of what we're doing and the risks with dermal fillers can be quite high in those that have a problem, I suppose you'd consider those that carry out the treatments more safely to be um, better um, in terms of insurance, the less risk. So I don't know, it's just something that might be considered in future. Um, so in terms of using the device, you've been happy with it. Have you, have you been happy with everything concerning the device and using it yourself, Cara? Yeah, like it, it's just in essence, it was like my new toy when it came. But um, I suppose it's just getting familiar with it. The um, Clarius support that I got with the device, like setting it up, asking all the questions that I needed, knowing that they were there, even if I had, you know, a question later on, has been super, super simple. Um, yeah. I suppose what I'd say is don't be scared of um, ultrasound. You might be feeling a bit overwhelmed and thinking, you know, do I want to add in something else into this? Is this going to be worthwhile? And I suppose you know, the, the crux of it is, is that it's safer. Yeah, so yeah. if it's safer, then, and it makes you sleep better, and it makes the patient sleep better, that I just yeah. don't have to say to them, you know, I, you know, if, you know, hopefully in six hours, you're, you'll be fine, you haven't got any kind of blood vessel blockers, you can sleep a bit yeah. easier. It shouldn't be like that. It should just be like a quick scan. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Off you go. Everything's okay. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely get ultrasound. <laughs> have you, have you start, I suppose you're still quite new in terms of time to you to experience the device, considering you've you've only just recently used it and gone through training uh, to use it as well. Um, would you say over over this next year, would you increase your potential use of guided treatments to use the ultrasound for guided treatment and also? For me, I tend to see a lot of bot jobs, unfortunately, with lips in particular. Um, it, it, I can blame people. I won't blame anyone in particular, but I can blame lots of different groups of people. But the, the issue is there is complications that occur as a result of fillers not being used properly. Um, so I see 
problems with lips in particular. Um, in terms of, of assessment, I, I intend using the ultrasound to assess patients who've been treated elsewhere with fillers. So I have a much better idea of what's happened and yeah. how the actual problem can be fixed. Um, do you tend to have issues like that? Do you, do you yeah. intend to use the device for problems? Yes. So I can think of one case that um, I had uh, last year. This is before um, having ultrasound. And a lady had came to me um, complaining that when she smiled, uh, that she could see uh, a lump underneath her lip. She'd been treated elsewhere about a good old, over a year um, previously, and it always pretty much been there, but she couldn't quite remember when it, when it really started. So I said to her after assessing, obviously I didn't have an ultrasound um, machine at the time, and I said at the time, you know, I think this is uh, old dermal filler. I think you should yeah. have this dissolved. Well, she tried to go back in and get it dissolved from her um, clinic. And she came back to see me and it was still there. But <laughs> me being adamant, I, I was like, I really do think this is. I dissolved it and at the time it wasn't quite going down and I got it back later and it actually did go. But at the time, like, if I'd have had an ultrasound machine, there wouldn't have been any, any of this yeah. kind of flapping around, thinking, is it this, is it not? Um, you know, we'd know for certain that this is what the, the cause of the problem was. And she was so, so happy that, yeah. you know, over all this whole year that she'd been saying that she got a funny smile. You yeah. know? And it's down to, again, like you said, botched jobs, down to injecting too close to the wet-dry border and then causing these lip lumps. Um, I imagine you see quite often. I've seen too many of them, unfortunately, I and I continue seeing them. The worst time for me was after lockdown, after um, last uh, 2020, around about July, August time, when all the patients started coming back for treatments. Mm. A lot of them had had treatments from wherever they could get the treatment during lockdown, which was the worst thing that could, they could do. Of course. Nobody could fix the problem at the time. And those that did the work didn't know how to fix it and didn't really care because they weren't trained to do it in the first place. So the botch jobs just came again and again from the summer of 2020. And it was the worst time ever. If I'd have had the ultrasound at that time, this would have saved me a whole load of messing about because mm. I would have been able to find particular problems far more easily than just guessing and that's yeah. one of the benefits for me i think the ultrasound will help me With give me sight, um, isn't it you can look you can yeah. scan someone's lips you can say where is that old fellow or where is this but yeah. dissolve under direct guidance you know yeah. use less amount as well yeah. you know don't have to flood the whole area um so yeah it's just the the, the pros go on about yeah. ultrasound you know why be blind when yeah. you can see it just doesn't make sense it's like informed consent with the patients you make sure you you gain consent but the inf information you provide must be specific for what they what they require and that's what informed consent is and for me i consider ultrasound to be a form of information i get informed before i do the treatment i get informed during the treatment and if i want to i can be informed afterwards as well so for me this is like improved information it just gives me what i need to do my job a lot more safely and more effectively as well um in terms of using the device Perhaps there's a lot of practitioners that are thinking about it. They're a bit curious about ultrasound, but they're not really sure. And 
perhaps they're in a position that you were in maybe a year ago, just getting to, the, to grips with the idea of ultrasound. What advice would you give those practitioners based on your own experience, Cara? I suppose oh, not everyone has to be so um, gung-ho as I was. As an, I was just certain. I knew that I wanted an ultrasound machine. But I suppose what would be a, a more, um, I won't say sensible, that's probably the wrong word, but a different approach than my gung-ho yeah. attitude um, would be to uh, go on an ultrasound course. And I know that they might be an expensive uh, outlay um, yeah. because, you know, if investing in something, going on a course that you might not necessarily then progress to do might be, say, think, seem a bit odd, but the course that I went on had all different ultrasound machines. So yeah. you could try different models and then see how it works in person. And the nice thing about the course, it wasn't just scanning um, you know the face and that's all you did you know you you did do um, treatment under um, ultrasound guidance you got a really good feel of it obviously it taught you all the theory so I definitely think a course would be quite good for people just so that yeah. you could get a feel of whether you want to to try but I think it comes down to the practitioner I think if they've got that idea inside their head it will grow it's a bit yeah. like a seed it will just keep on going and go and eating it's in essence eating away at you until you kind of go Oh, fine. <laughs> Why not do it? Okay. <laughs> do, do, do you know any other uh, practitioners that use ultrasound yourself? Do you know anyone else? Not in, well, actually, no, that's not true. I think there's one clinic in, in my, like in Norfolk area. I yeah. don't necessarily say that I've, I've been in contact with it, but I think I know of one clinic. Um, but I, I've started to build a little bit more network. Their course was incredibly helpful so yeah. that you could find similar practitioners to to join with, and obviously it's been helpful to um, introduce uh, be introduced to you, to yourself. Um, yeah. But also because I'm an ultimate geek, um, I just love watching other people's ultrasound images. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been loving it. So you know, social media is in essence social. You know, yeah. it's there to learn. I have learned so much of just being on social media. Don't get me wrong, there are things that you have to take um with a pinch of salt and you have to have yeah. reputable sources um yeah. but you know building that network of other ultrasound users you get to see their images and you, yeah. then you just think to yourself well that's really interesting and it kind of keeps igniting that passion with you having just think i've got to get better at this yeah. <laughs> 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 yes yes it, it, it's improvement gradual improvement and continual professional development basically it's trying to improve what you do every day um for me, I, I, as I say, Leonie Shelker in particular, I follow her on Instagram and I love looking at the work she does. And I recently, over the last few months, I tried using computers generated in imaging to actually augment ultrasound video. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you've had a chance to see, but I've got a few videos that I've augmented of Leone's. So you can actually see the actual video more clearly. It, it's overlaid parts of the tissue with color. So it actually oh. moves without you having to guess where the tissue actually is. Oh, and Leone, she said, yeah, she said to me last week, she said, Viv, you know what? That last video you, you actually tracked, motion tracked, is better than my own video. <laughs> so she, I think she oh, enjoyed yeah, it. She enjoyed <laughs> it. That's good. I love yeah. stuff like that. So keep that it's, coming. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll carry on with it. Um, I've got to thank, actually, Carolina Mary Lewis, I think she's called, um, a doctor and a radiologist in um, Argentina, and she was the radiologist that was helping me with some of the um, work I was doing just after receiving my clarius. Um, and she's really nice. Hopefully I'll get to speak to her as well in a live with a few of the other specialists in ultrasound. I also wanted to thank Rachel and Ben at Bell, who are fantastic. They provide fantastic support to do with the device and any problems they tend to be around all the time yeah. to give you quick, effective, efficient support as and when you need it. So I just wanted to say hi to, hi to them and thank them for it. Was there anyone you wanted to mention in terms of your training or any anyone that you've come accustomed with following your training or support that you've got? There's just, there's just so many. Like, oh, do you know what, Viv? I've, I've really found social, I'm trying, I know I keep talking about social media, but, you know, social media really brings people together. And I've really found that there are so many lovely practitioners out there, as well as, like, customers. They're all lovely as well. Um, I can see, but I'm talking <laughs> about practitioner support. Yeah, um, yeah. But also the companies that, you know, that help you, particularly with the Claris, you know, it's a, it's a new thing. They know that you're all new and... And it's all a bit, a bit, you know, scary because you think there's a new skill. I'm, I'm doing okay at this and having that support. So, you know, everyone that's helped um, me get to where I am with ultrasound and and just giving that kind of helping hand if you ever do need to, um, you know, have that support. I know with you said with CMAC that they, I know that they have um, the Clarius device. I think. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure with because uh, I'm a member of um, the Aesthetic Complication Expert Group, so ACE. I need yeah. to um, contact them to see whether they um, use Clarius because you can obviously link up um, yeah. with them if you do have any complications. So, yeah. you know, that's the adage of saying, you know, ultrasound is the future. Yeah, it, yeah, it may be slow for people to uptake, but yeah. it kind of. It, it's going in that direction and it's going yeah. to a bit like going like a snowball going down the hill it's going to get yeah. <laughs> so. in, in, in terms of the future what what are you looking forward to with your work and perhaps with your ultrasound what what have you got planned to do in the future cara so definitely i do really love I, you know i teach my i used to teach a lot a lot and um I, you know i'm already busy enough as it is now and i've had to um stop doing advanced life support um teaching but i've loved doing teaching and i feel like um with ultrasound i, I just love creating a bit like yourself i love creating educational content you know there's a good mix of actually having a laugh and and getting people's attention and and you know keeping people at your forefront of your mind but there's you know there is also that social responsibility of you know doing your job and doing it well you know your um videos that you said that with your overlaying and um, colors they sound fantastic and it's just you know continuing to use ultrasound continuing to be your build your network and continuing to educate both practitioners and customers or patients whatever you want to call them about the uses of this and how to keep them safe so that's where i kind of continue to keep going and plus I just really love what I do <laughs> so just keep no, going no, 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 that's, it's, it's nice to to be able to talk about things like this because I suppose your your clients your patients don't get to see behind you in the clinic they don't know what goes on in the background in terms of the other work you do and about your interested your interest in the ultrasound for example I think it's nice for them to be able to see things like this so I've got to thank you for that 
what I always do at the end of my lives, I think we've got about five minutes, so yeah, I tend to go through a few quick fire questions with, with uh, my guests, mm. and I hope that's okay. I've just got a few questions to ask you, nothing to do with ultrasound in particular. Um, it's just bit, it. gen, general questions, and you can answer them in however you want. It's totally up to you, but they're just quick fire questions just to get a reaction from you more than anything. <laughs> Is that is that all You're right? Honest, Viv, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. First question: What's the strangest Christmas present you've ever received? <gasps> oh God! <laughs> um, so there's lots of like whether you know what our kind of answer do you want to give to this? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose um, I can once think to but what did I get given? I suppose what it was, I can't remember what it was. It's not so, like something like socks or anything like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't, do you know what? I can't actually remember. I think it was something like really <laughs> awful, like um, from like an, an ex-boyfriend, something like kind of no hair trimmers, which is quite offensive. That's strange enough. That's strange enough. Don't worry, that's good enough. <laughs> Uh, I'll go to another question. If you could work on anybody's face, who would you choose? Oh. You've got anyone in the world and you can work on their face, no oh, matter man. what. Who would you choose? You can only pick one person, though. Oh, my God. So there's so many. So you might have seen that I absolutely love talking about um, celebrity faces. Absolutely love it. And I will be quick. Um, so, but there's so many, so many people. <laughs> I suppose what I'd say is that I did one on, um, there's a lady called Megan Fox. I know she's, she's quite a young girl, but she has got the most beautiful features. And then, you know, you've got pieces, um, people like the um, Duchess of Cambridge, like Kate Middleton, um, which is obviously not there. Um, she's absolutely fantastic. It's more just kind of understanding and definitely knowing what they've had done. So I suppose <laughs> just being nosy, I just want to know. <laughs> That, that's that's fine that's fine I think you could go on forever about just that one question couldn't you there's so many so many I'll, we'll stick with megan we'll, we'll stick with megan fox for now anyway we'll stick with her do you prefer cats or dogs oh right this is a loaded question so i grew up with um lots of cats my mum is a massive cat lover she loves them um and so do i i was the instigator for getting cats um, but now I have a dog and my husband is allergic to cats. So oh, that's what? not going to happen, I know. Oh, um, but, but to be fair, I am a sit on the fence kind of person. I love all animals. I'm a bit obsessive um, <laughs> with them. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I absolutely adore my dog. So I suppose I'm going to have to be biased. I say dogs for the time being. Dogs. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> if I ask you that question in the future, you might change your mind perhaps Mother depending on the situation. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. When when was the last time you thought to yourself in your head, you're talking complete rubbish? When's the last I was gonna I could have said that in a few different ways, but I kept it mild. I didn't put any swearing in that. But when was the last time you thought you're talking rubbish? Oh I It wasn't during this live, was it, with no, me? Definitely. 
definitely not me. <laughs> I suppose what it is, um, me and my um, husband have a very, very good relationship, obviously. Um, and we often call each other out, but we're always normally just being silly. So I suppose it probably happens on a daily basis, but we're always trying to kind of catch each other out. So <laughs> it's, it's likely my husband. <laughs> fair enough fair enough i think you'll be happy enough with what you've said um you've got a choice you've got a choice wine gin guinness or water definitely wine wine right okay <laughs> <laughs> like if you've got to pick like this is the the rest of your life no it's going to be pretty rough if it's going to be for the rest of your life so maybe i'll change to water but still you know it's my one of my favorite drinks is just having a nice glass of wine end of the evening if you're going to you know i don't drink all the time but you know that occasional just kick back and relax <laughs> fair enough fair enough um have you ever gone to work without makeup yeah all the time yeah. like Do you? Right. yeah all the time so i i don't um i often don't wear a lot of makeup um because when you're wearing masks it's not great for your skin it doesn't make you breathe you have breakouts all this kind of stuff but also when you've got good skincare then you normally your skin's okay. Um, you know, lady said to me today, well, I was just having a conversation with her and she went, have you got no makeup on? I was like, no, I don't have any makeup on. I've got makeup on now, but I said, you know, at the time I didn't. And I said, you know, that's, it's just, you don't need good, you know, you don't need makeup if you've got good skin. So, yeah. you know, I can give or, to, uh, love or give or take it. So, yeah. Great. Uh, one more question. Have you ever eaten haggis? No, and I want no. to. I feel like I've not lived. Oh, you're go you're gonna have to. You should go to Edinburgh, and there's yeah. lots of trips around Edinburgh, and you can visit different places to eat. And haggis, you're gonna have to try haggis if you've never eaten it before. No, I think. What is it? What can you describe? What it's kind of like? Is, oh, is, it like is it like um, black pudding, or am I completely off? Not. I, I do. I hate black pudding. To be honest oh, with I love you, it. I'm terrible. I, I can't really describe. You're gonna to have to just eat it. You're just gonna to have to try it for yourself. <laughs> gonna to have to go to Scotland. I really do need to go to Scotland. It's one. It's on my bucket list, definitely. Yeah, you'll have to plan that. Um, one more question: What would be your ideal job? Oh, do you know what? I'm I'm gonna be a bit cheesy and say this. Like, I really do love doing aesthetic. It's I I often do feel like it's not really a job yeah. <laughs> like I, I really do love doing it I love talking to people I love helping people I love doing um aesthetics um job so I feel I feel I'm really quite lucky yeah, um, yeah. I would be bored if you know for instance if I um won the lottery um tomorrow still do aesthetics I really yeah. love doing <laughs> aesthetics so. I know what you mean if, if it's a hobby and that is the best job of all something you love doing is a hobby I think um the very last question Cara have you enjoyed doing this Instagram live with me yeah it's been brilliant it's been so much fun I look like like I said before, I love talking to people yeah. and we seem very, very like-minded and it's just been thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. It's nice to speak to someone really like-minded and talk about ultrasound and really try and promote um, safer practice. So yeah, it's been yeah. great. 
I've got, to, I've got to thank you. We've been talking for over an hour now. I'm surprised we haven't been kicked off because it's gone over an hour. Um, so thanks, Instagram, for not booting us off too quickly. Um, I'd just, I just like to say thanks a lot for um, agreeing to take part and talking about your work. So I've got to really thank you for that. Perhaps in the future we could do it again. We can see how we both progress with our aesthetics work and our ultrasound use. Maybe we could um, share live scans with each other and see how, uh, how we go. It'd be nice to do that. Um, but I think I've got more um, Instagram lives planned over the next few months with different people. And um, hopefully I'll do um, a four-way live with a few different practitioners. And at some point in the future, perhaps you'll come back and we can talk again, either oh. the two of us or within a group of, of a few different practitioners together. Yeah, it'd be really enjoyable. The more the merrier. Great. Okay, then. Right. That's been a really nice hour we've spent, and I've enjoyed talking to you really. It's been great. Um, so I will end this. Um, the live feed should go up on Instagram, and it should appear on your feed as well, I think. I'll add you, I'll tag you, and hopefully your uh, patients and followers will enjoy watching it. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Viv. It's been a pleasure. Great. Thanks a lot, Cara, and I will Bye. see you hopefully again some point soon. Yes. Definitely. Bye for now. See ya. Bye.